Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Studies Review. I'm here with the one, the only, the fabulous, get ready, Cody Reimer. How you doing, buddy? You're too kind. I am. I am well. Thank you, Alex. Yes, everybody. We are rocking here. We had a we had a slow last month of 2021, but we're hitting it hard with 2022. We've got a great episode. Episode one of season two. If you have not listened to it, you've got to do it. Uh, Meg Not Giant. It is amazing. Super good. And we have a great article to talk about today. Very excited to get on your list. Uh, Cody, why don't you tell us what we're doing here? Yeah. So this is Luke Tominet's 2021 open video game development and participatory design from Technical Communication Quarterly. Um, which had been kind of one of the things that kept floating near the top of my list to read. And I figured um, time to just, you know, read it. And if I'm going to do that, I might as well do a episode of Game Studies Review on it. And so uh, I like this article a lot. It's very kind of linear and straightforward and neat. Um, what Tominet is trying to do is answer a couple of research, research questions. How is open development participatory? Um, and that is broken down into two specific questions that he's going to answer through his methods. Uh, what roles do user participants adopt in open development projects? And do user participants have an effective voice in open development projects? And he does a, uh, a pretty good job of laying down some kind of literature review of what open development is. Cody, tell and, me the so what of those questions. Uh so the so what of what roles do user participants adopt um, matters because it allows you to better navigate open development if that's a development route that you plan to pursue. Okay. Um, and if you know what kinds of roles they tend to adopt, you can better facil facilitate the openness of and the participatory nature of that kind of development. Because he doesn't explicitly state that, but that is kind of the no, goal, better participatory design. Yeah. Uh, the question is like, do they have an effective voice in open development projects? Matters because if they don't, then can we fix it? How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. What do we do? I think they matter pretty clearly. He doesn't necessarily spend a ton of time explaining why open development matters, but he does address like what it is and when it can be applicable. He has a very eye in the sky approach where he's trying to sort of come at this objectively. Right. So here's yeah. the data. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. He, he says, uh, quote, to answer these questions, I used content analysis to study the user participants' roles in the Steam forums for a ground. Then I used a discourse uptake analysis to examine how the developer engaged with these user participants. These analyses demonstrated that open development creates space for users to customize their participatory roles, enact collective agency, and engage with multiple objects of design activity. End quote. So he is trying to answer these two questions. He's got a couple of neat methods for doing so with content analysis and discourse uptake. And he's got a game with a um, kind of representative corpus to do so. And then he just dives right in and does the thing. And it's it's pretty elegant. So a very um, good game choice, too. This is a this is a yeah. big something fish games. I forget exactly who the producer is. Um, but they really specialize in alternative play experiences. So they are not looking at mainstream. It's not the, as we were talking about before the podcast, not another Call of Duty. <laughs> like they are very much looking at sort of like the podcast we had last week, uh, talking about these alternative play experiences. How do you look at players as generative instead of consumers? So it was a good game choice for him to look at. 
as far as who should be valuing their player input. Yeah, and this is a game um, that has intentionally kind of embraced the kind of participatory design open uh, development kind of format or model uh, approach. And uh, he is, this is, I think, the second of a three-part series of articles, and I think they all focus on a ground. Um, but any, at any rate, um, the, the, uh, I want to get, get into the summary. The content analysis mm-hmm. determines six roles. And so the first question uh, were, like, what roles do folks, do user participants adopt? These six roles. Uh, they seek information about the game as an object for consumption or purchase. They, players describe personal gameplay experiences and sought to resolve errors in play strategy. Uh, Community builders responded to other user participants' questions and concerns. Uh, Quality assurance testers described and sought fixes for perceived machine errors. Play testers described potential adjustments to existing gameplay experiences. And co-designers described significant revisions to the design of the gameplay or open development system. And so um, those are the roles. And I'll talk a little bit more about like you know, the discussion and the takeaway and the findings mm-hmm. um, after the coding. Uh, but then there was also the discourse uptake for the second question. And that was, you know, is, are their voices effective? And so discourse uptake. Can you just uh, give like a, like, a, so an overview, he took, he took, uh, did he say how many pieces of discourse was it like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I wrote it, that down. It was quite a few and then put them through a coding. And that's, that's why he, that's how he came to these roles that they overwhelmingly, did he say 99% of the time fit into one of these? Yeah, he had, roles. he had somebody, um, uh, also co- he trained a, a second coder, yep. an outside yep. coder. They coded it in the, was it Grix Alpha or whatever? It yep. was, yep. you know, very, really high. and it was very legitimate method methodology. Very, yeah, this, these are sound, sound methods and, you know, uh, they were well applied. And I particularly liked how clearly he articulated what he did, why he did it, and how he did it, so that very clear um, the methods line up very cleanly with the research questions and the kind of information. So you might there. do sort of a little head to the side, like, yeah, really, are they doing that? But but it was it was fairly clear. It was established objective. These are the roles that that they fell into. Participants yep. fell into. And and he's he's naming them kind of qualitatively to describe them, right? Co-designers, yes. play testers, QA testers, community builders, players, consumers, as sort of shorthand to help describe the action um, of those roles. But then he also had the discourse uptake, uh, and that determines two forms of successful uptake and two forms of unsuccessful uptake. Uh, the successful uptake was the developmental uptake where the developer validated user participant roles and promised mm-hmm. changes to the open development systems. And the conversational uptake where they validated the user participant roles and resolved them through discourse alone. So the first one is like, hey, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna make this fix or address this in development or design. And the second one is like, hey, you make a really interesting point. Can Let's talk about it and try to like explain why we did what we did and resolve it by, you know, I affirm that you have a problem, but this was an intentional choice that we made in the design and here's why. And, and he had great examples of this. Great, great examples, examples of this from then the text. Yeah. Two, two examples of uh, unsuccessful uptake. No uptake in which the developer did not respond to an unresolved user participant role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and negative uptake where they responded negatively um, in a manner that just shut down further conversation. Shocking. Uh, 
Um, and so the results of the statistical analysis on the uptake showed a couple of things. Uh, the player and consumer roles were typically resolved through developer conversational uptake, but occasionally had other forms of uptake consistent with the overall pattern in the sample. Uh, and that while most community builder posts were resolved through user to user interaction, the remainder were almost universally resolved through developer conversational uptake. Yep. Uh, the QA tester role had the strongest pattern of developmental uptake and was the most likely to result in a change to the game system. So the play test role had increased frequency in both developmental uptake and no uptake. So the play testers were saying, here's a bug, here's a bug, here's a bug. Those are the ones that developer very often came in and were like, I'm fixing this. This is going to impact development. I'm changing this is fixing So Cody, this. you always read these more carefully than I do. So um, I'm wondering, did he do any testing on if they actually changed what they said in the chat they were going to change? Um, or just, not oh, yep, we'll fix that. Uh, the methods do not strictly account for a pairing of like, I said this and there's, and there the, was where it shows up in the patch, change. Okay. but it did address that like structural changes in the forums where the discourse is happening began to make specific changes based on recommendations. Okay. So like some of the uh, posts were like, wouldn't it be better if we organize the forums in this way with these categories or mega threads, sticky threads kind of thing. And I, those I just, things got changed. I just felt as I was reading a couple of the examples um, where he counted it um, as successful when the developer was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I felt it was a little like, oh yeah, we'll totally do that. And I wasn't sure if they would actually do that, which that is a incredible scope of an article. I'm not faulting Tominet at all for not covering that. Sure. I just didn't want to come in with that uh, with that point unless it was. I think I think there's a, a reasonable amount of evidence that changes were being made, like including full patch notes, right? That right. have been requested by the user participants to right. see that things are being changed based on their recommendations and requests. So while it doesn't perfectly line up with every single you know, sample that's been coded that's saying there was a general a trend successful uptake, uptake for development. Uptake, there, got it's it. It's clear evidence that, right? Okay. Uh, so, anyway. and so finally, finally. the uh, the co-designer role had a significant shift toward negative uptake and no uptake. And that was the only role where the majority of conversations resulted in unsuccessful uptake. Mm -hmm. So like the idea that people are making design recommendations and it's just crickets or like, nah, we're not doing that was, no, no, no. was the the sort of uh, kind of what that seemed to suggest, but there's a really pretty good uh, part that addresses that in the discussion. That's right. Um, so there's several contributions that I think this article makes to our understanding of open development and participatory design and games. I think that it includes a wonderful overview of the tensions in participatory design in the lit review. It identifies its kind of pejorative casting as catering to consumerists and designed by committee and an undesirable abdication of designer responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and so it does a really good job of kind of situating that. I think there's a savvy discussion that highlights potential for collective agency and kind of uh, evaluates configurations of participation, uh, participation over time and examination of the object of uh, participation beyond the official game product. Yep. So like participatory design isn't just about the game. 
Like it's about the community. It's about the discussions. It's about, right. Like all of these paratextual, right. These paratextual um, elements. Um, There's a bit where he writes, quote, this open conversational approach transcended the traditional consultation model for user feedback and created more space for user participants to exercise design expertise and independent power, end quote. Um, So he also writes, uh, quote, such the object, uh, the object of design activity can be reframed as each player's experience rather than a singular singular game product, end quote. So that's that emphasizing of, listen, the, the objective here is thinking about players' experience, not just in the game and the game as the product, but their experience mm-hmm. playing the game and playing, you know, within the community surrounding the game. And that's really at the heart of a lot of open development participatory design. And then finally, a a big contribution that speaks to the last point about like the kind of seeming shutdown of co-designers. While only 11% of co-design had successful uptake, co-design recommendations for communication system had 50% successful uptake. Mm -hmm. So like there's a big dissonance. What does that mean? Sounds like like nonsense. The players are saying, hey, your communication system in the game or for our forums should be changed in these ways half the time those got taken up successfully like 11 percent of the people saying hey make this change in the game i think it'd be cool like just over 10 percent got a successful uptake mm-hmm. small small potatoes you know small beans whatever food metaphor you want to use whereas <laughs> half of the suggestions for communication system design were successfully um you know up, uptaken uptook uptook Okay. Uh, so I think that that's really remarkable. And, and when you're like, so what, that's a big, so what, right. You know, how are we going to have successful, you know, understanding of what makes open development and these kinds of design practices work? Well, understanding that players have really good ideas about how they, you know, want to see communication happen is, is one thing to pay attention to, but all that being said, there are some gaps. Why don't you talk to us about some some things that you would have liked to see kind of spackled over or or addressed or whatever? Yeah, and and I will preface this by saying that my gaps um, have have very little to do with Tominet's approach, his methodology, uh, his question that he's trying to answer. I thought all of that was um, was actually remarkably solid. Like I have yeah. very little bones to pick with what he did and how he went about doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, but there are some things that, that I had questions about that I thought could have been addressed. Um, so one, one thing that bothered me throughout the article was this, uh, in this idea, this like approach to open design is inherently positive. It felt like, uh, there was there was really a push to read all of the data, all of the experiences, all, everything that was all the data that was presented as a good thing. And we just had to, okay, so these numbers didn't really fit with that participatory design and open design is a positive. So let's like spin that for how it really is positive, you know, even if the numbers, even if the uptake's really low, let's talk about how that can be a good thing. Or if the if the response is only 11% here, well, it's okay because it's 50% here, even though that's not that great either. So I just felt like the entire thing from the beginning had this really like idea that open design and participatory design was the ideal and it was great. And we were going to find data to support that. You could not 
possibly be more ready to talk than you are right now. Go. I think that's unfair. I that makes it seem like you know he had a conclusion and went uh, in search of data to support it almost. I and I think he does a pretty good job of explaining when and where it is a useful approach to mm-hmm. development and design and when it's not uh, useful or appropriate um, and does a pretty good job contextualizing um, why it is why a ground is a good uh, game corpus to use to under, better understand the kind of design approach. So I, I, I think I understand where you're coming from, but I think you're, you're um, well, here, here's, here's my rebuttal without you finishing. Uh, I think that it, this is an issue with our entire field of technical communication. We assume that participatory design and open design is a positive thing. And so we want to like figure out how to like do that best and do that easiest and whatever. And I'm just not entirely sure that that is he talks about case. when it's not appropriate and when it's not good and useful. Well, he talks about when there's not uptake, but I don't think not having no, no. uptake. In the, in the lit review, even before he gets into the like unsuccessful uptake and why it's not showing out, he's yeah, like. So, so I have some, good, I have a couple good quotes in later in my things that I love, like some hedging that he does. He yeah. particularly with, uh, let's see, let me go down there. I'll spoil my own uh, Arnstein, the tokenized consultation. Um, he has all of these ways. Is that where you where you were going with this? Those are some of the dangers and like ways that it's done poorly or is, you know, uh, implemented in a way that is not useful. But he also addresses some some occasions where it's not desirable at all. Well, so, well let's we'll cue our readers in because I missed that then. I'd have I'd have to go back specifically to look for that passage, Alex. Okay. Maybe we can edit it in. I, I think that's that's totally fair. That as I was reading, that's what I was like, felt like from the beginning it was this is a great approach. Let's see, et cetera. So anyway, uh some more gaps. Uh and and really the reason why I have a problem with number one, um, Implications of open design and participatory design on two groups of people. Number one, the designers. And I'm talking about burnout, toxicity, workplace culture, the culture of the game industry of working 24 hours a fucking day to respond to user input and user requests and blah, 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 blah. That is a problem. So idolizing. And I am not saying that Tomina is doing this. I'm talking about our entire field as having participatory design as a model. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying there are things we need to worry about, like Wikonomics, right? This is 15-year-old stuff that we need to like keep a caveat to as we investigate. But this can create some very real burnout. And like you watch the guild, right? You've seen the guild. The the uh the the guy in charge of the whole game, right? Who's just going crazy because there's constant user feedback about how terrible his game is and all of the changes he should make and all of the things that are wrong. So I'm worried about workplace culture that overvaluing part overvaluing participatory design could create. And equally, if not more so, I'm concerned about the user as being exploited for their labor. And this is not new. It's very, it's a very old concern since, uh, I don't know, 
math problems have being been being solved online for free, right? Like you're like I I worry about the user being exploited to do these things that people, you know, some groups pay playtesters and they, you know, pay for alpha, they pay for beta. And if we, I'm, I'm particularly thinking about in, in response to the article we reviewed about the white protagonists and the consumerist, capitalist, colonialist uh, culture that games have going on, I'm worried about making a best practice one that relies on the unpaid labor of the consumer while they still probably are buying the game you know a ground you probably like most of the games that i've had beta access or alpha access like i still have to pay for it uh and then give feedback to right um i never played uh what's the big stupid game that i hate that all of the kids have played fortnite roblox fortnite oh. Fortnite because I paid for open access before it came out. I paid it like 60 bucks for that stupid thing in order to have the privilege to give the developers feedback that they probably would never have listened to anyway. And then it came out for free. What the heck did I pay for? Anyway, so I worry about the workplace culture that this 24-7 system of feedback like allows for. And I worry about relying on the free uh, labor and exploiting the user. Uh, now, in Tominet's defense, this is not his project. He's talking about like what makes participant feedback the most effective, and that's awesome. Uh, but I, I, it's it still gives me a hmm. It's a little bit of a gap I would have liked to have brought up. Go. It's it seems like. A lot of those concerns are are fair, um, and a little bit like you know, can, how can you complement the drapes while the house burns down, right? Like there are so many big problems with, you know, the games industry, right? And how can we talk about this thing when everything else is is garbage? Um, and I can I can appreciate that, but. Um, I also, I also appreciate articles that... that don't have my particular cultural critique lens. It's refreshing sure. to have these clean articles. Like you had said from the beginning, like this is clean, this is concise. That is that is nice. But nice. I also don't know that I would that the participatory, the user participant labor here is exploitive, right? Like I think that word gets thrown around a lot and i don't i think there's a pretty um a pretty clear distinction between some of the exploitive practices of user generated content and like responding to user comments on the forums and engaging with them and addressing design concerns that they have right okay so um, so cody you're totally right but but tell me this is it not genius 15 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even five, they companies used to pay users to alpha test and beta test their games. And now we pay them to do it. I, you're, you're not, you're not wrong. Genius. That's, that's, that's capitalism. That's colonial capitalism. That's not, that's, a, that's all I'm saying. It, it is not, again, not a critique on Tominet, uh, but in light of what we read last. Or on a, a ground necessarily. Like, I don't know the full background. Oh God, it has nothing to do with the ground. Yes. My understanding of, of a ground was like, this was a kind of 
you know, project intentionally meant for t- toward this end, right? Like that was the whole premise. Yeah, like, absolutely. Although some of those developer comments seemed a little like I would have been quite annoyed if I had gotten that response <laughs> from them. However, no, it has not. It has nothing to do with that, but more about a general trend in the industry and in technical communication that I find is ethically not problematic yet. But like, let's sus let's pump the sus. Thank you. Uh, we got to move on here. What did you? Yes, love? we do. Uh, I, I kind of crowed about it already. I think the methods were great. Mm-hmm. I think there's a productive overview of the corpus for the content analysis, mm-hmm. clear description of the primary unit of analysis and the coding, uh, which focused on roles in each conversation in the forums. Uh, and there's some great quotes, but I'm I'm not going to bore you by just reading more of what he's already said. You can go. What, read what did you, you really care? Uh, my favorite part was the people quoted. For example, Reimer says 2017. My favorite person to have anybody quote ever. <laughs> uh, great game choice, indie, looking towards alternative play. I appreciate that. Uh, the use of Arsene, talk about tokenized consultations and the downfalls of particular types of participatory design like that. Uh, great analysis, explanation, methods, solid super solid. Uh, I did have a couple hmm moments as I, I think I already, I, I, I think I labeled my hmm moments as gaps, uh, mostly vis-a-vis the giant article that you should go listen to our review of, uh, is this any better for the user? Does open design or participatory design as described here, remake or unmake the colonial capitalist framework of games? Does ODPD offload the work on the users, deprive experts of um, paid labor, et cetera, et cetera, as I already talked about. Uh, and that's, that's, that's just what had me going, mm-hmm. but, uh, but very little to do with his, what, it, what it, he set out to do and how he did it. Yeah. Solid. I think there's, there, there's an interesting, there's some interesting thinking that I want to do an exploration that I want to do um, to better understand open design and participatory design in light of Giant's work. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems like, yes, in many cases, it is the embodiment of you know capitalist colonialism. Like- but in other ways, it seems like it could very possibly be you know, a powerful remedy is right? this not the dilemma dilemma of academia? You do your work for free, but if you don't, your position is silent. So you are forced to do that work for free or be unrepresented. Maybe. I'm just thinking of like the opportunity for um, players, user participants to have more voice and agency collectively to steer design decisions that could enact games, you know, to let people go. Is that a good thing? I'm interested in the player makeup of game, like a ground. Like, what's the player? Like, do we really? Do I want Call of Duty players? Well, that's deciding another thing, where Call right? of Duty like, goes. When you're I mean, talking sure about grounds, pretty safe. But. Where where you're talking about, it's all very positive. It's like, can we talk about forums and comments without talking about you know gaming communities penchant for really corrosive? you know, discourse in right. so many of their communities. Right. So, and beside the point, back to Dominant's work, um, he has 
I just kind of lifted almost his limitations as my Herms because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. very succinct and apt. And again, very clean. These are his self-identified limitations. Love that. Um, it's a single community or sorry, single communication for a single game. Uh, though the eyes to other studies of specialized discourse. Uh, it's only analyzed by the developer uptake and not community support for user roles because there had to be right some constraints so that you didn't drown like in, maybe that's the, in the third part of his of this series. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are all very fair kind of her moments and mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. Alex's questions and gaps in Herms make give me pause and make me ask a lot of questions too but I think we've already kind of talked through some of those totally so what's the uh what's the bottom line Alex BTL uh well you've got a great quote here you're, sure. you're welcome I'll, to I'll give read that, that if you yeah. want and then how about I'll follow up sure uh he writes quote user experience technical communication and rhetoric all support the local contextual nature of design work and not all contexts are open to traditional forms of PD, but by showing that other kinds of participation are valid and productive, we can more effectively identify and support user contributions to a variety of projects, end quote. And there's, there it is, Alex, there it is. right? The, you know, not all contexts are open to traditional forms of PD. There's the, the one sentence does it he's not saying it's all good all the time everybody should do it not all of them it's not appropriate all the places but where it is by studying how it's done successfully and unsuccessfully and how people show up mm -hmm. what roles they adopt we can better understand for where it does make sense yeah and if i can put this into terms maybe like a 10 year old would understand because i i prefer those terms uh this <laughs> might be the uh we have been so excited about participatory design and open design in our field for too long, in my opinion. Uh, this might be a lifting of the foot towards a, maybe not in every context, maybe not in every situation, maybe not in every, even though he's, he's not saying that, but that, but that last bottom line, this might be a, a, a jumping off point for us to sort of refocus our ideas in technical communication and rhetoric, participatory design and open design to be a bit more critical, not in a negative sense, but be a bit more like, hey, it's not great every time we do this. Let's see what's really going on here instead of just espousing that open design and participatory design is wonderful every time we do it. Let's let's maybe mirror some of Tom and its work. Uh, and because he has very good attention to detail and he really digs into to seeing what's effective and what's not. Maybe maybe we can use that approach more effectively in our field. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think if if I'm thinking of our listeners as not necessarily being tech com UX, True. you know, retcomp people, but maybe game scholars of mm -hmm. a variety of stripes, I think the real value of Tominate's work is what retcomp and tech com and UX bring to it through this kind of research because mm -hmm. this is very often like this is tech com research in action and if you want to understand how people are talking about your game and influencing design you talk to the people who look at games through tech com lens and this tells us some really interesting and important things about when and how participatory design can work and so if you're doing anything in games and you're thinking about how users engage with your games through forums in ways that are participatory and open, this is something to check out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a very good bottom line. Uh, please reach out to us, gamesetersreview at gmail.com. Do you know how many article suggestions that we've had? Probably today? a big, big old goose egg. Goose egg. 
why is no one suggesting articles for us to read? Because we Let's do go. such a bang up job picking the cream of the crop already, Alex. AKA you do such a bang up job. <laughs> uh, we have we have plenty of people listening. We have plenty of people downloading. Let's get some let's get some suggestions. Give Cody a break. He's got 6,000 kids. He's got so much stuff going on. <laughs> like, let's give him a break from having to pick these articles. Or heaven forbid that he picks another object-oriented ontology article for me. We're due. We're due. I know we're due. I'll threaten you with one. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Cody. This was very fun. This was very fun. Uh, Please email us with article recommendations. And uh, until next time, I'm- Take care, everybody. Take care. 